1: shine sports investors it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood monday october 5th let's cock-a-doodle do it this is the early line right here on sports grid giving you the edge i'm dane martinez and as always i got my main man kevin walsh burning the candle at both ends trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day and we put the fun in functional sports content at the same time and kevin week four was one for the books week four is still continuing with an ad hoc monday night football double header because of the news that we heard on saturday we will get into all the games we got nba finals we got divisional series in baseball but i gotta ask you about nfl week four i have two main things one overs are going crazy offenses cannot Hmm. be stopped in this day and age in the nfl remember we talked about it with the pandemic would unders hit early on Would offenses be ahead of defenses and the like? Well, offenses are ahead of
2: everybody in the NFL these days, Kev. I mean, it's out of control. Like, We'll we'll get into the specifics of a lot of these games, right? But the Cowboys-Browns game is where we had kind of talked about the total. We're like, ah, they'll run the football. Maybe, I don't know. I did think so. And, I mean, it was 49-38, and, like, at the end of it, right, do you even, are you even that surprised? Like, I feel like, no, no. I feel like you're like, ah, no, no, I mean, I get it. It's just kind of, that's how the game's grip broke. And these teams had to keep right. their foot on the gas pedal. Right. And yeah. it was just, you, you go through it spot by spot by spot. And even the games that go under, like you're, I mean, you're just missing out right by whether, you know, a, the hook, uh an extra point makes the difference either direction. So it, it, this is where we're at right now. I, I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, When everything goes over, you have to know then the books are going to adjust their totals. You have to be ready to come back the other way. But now you have to ask yourself is, you know, we're about to close out week four. You know, we gear up towards week five. You know, we hit the quarter mark. Is this the point? Is the adjustment here and we can swing back the other way? Or everything's just going to keep sailing? You know, I think
1: that is the question. You know, the analogy I think of is in baseball, Kev, where for a while, right, for about a year and a half, people were like, oh, wait, are these home runs going out at a ridiculous rate sustainable to the point where six and a halfs in baseball became seven and a halves became eights? And the answer is, yeah, this is the way it goes now. So let's keep an eye on that and see if it kind of uh, settles in a little bit or if this is the new normal pardon the pun i mentioned the word new normal kev because the other big thing from week four of the nfl season is you know we thought we just had pittsburgh and tennessee as a compromise game because of our new normal when it comes to covid and testing and procedures and what we must do to you know keep football going right but then After we last spoke, Kev, after we went off air on Friday, you know, I was getting my pumpkin spice on Saturday, and we get the news that a Patriots player tests positive, and then we find out it's Cam Newton, okay? And they're going through the whole process, the testing and all of this, and it looks like now they decided they're going to keep it as part of week four, but it's going to happen tonight.
2: Well, here's the big thing. This happened last week. With A.J. Terrell of the Atlanta Falcons. With A.J. Terrell, that's true. And just played on Sunday, and everything was fine. Now, what happened here, you kind of, we, we had, you know, everyone has a chance to speak to the pro football doc, and he was kind of uh, telling us where it, it seemed as if the league, on the heels of the scare of the Titans, plus the profile of the player for Cam Newton, it's one of those things where... I guess the league thought it was best case scenario that they take a pause, but still playing this week makes sense, at least on the way they've been doing things.
1: Yeah, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country right here, including the mightier 1090 out West, thanks for waking up very early with us. You know, one difference though, Kevin, I want to see if this matters to you. I don't know, right? And I don't want to get into the slippery slope. We don't know. Okay, but um, our our friend Ariel Epstein on Sunday made a point that I thought was interesting. Do you think there was any difference? You mentioned A.J. Terrell the previous week. They were at home that week. Atlanta, New England still had to travel. With this, you know, and I wonder if that was a little bit different because the Patriots were the road team. So they had to get to Kansas City with this hanging over their head as opposed to the Falcons with AJ Terrell. Remember, they were already in Atlanta. I don't know if that matters. I don't know if that is a big difference, but let me ask you just on its face and then we're going to dive into the games. Right. But when I heard this with Pittsburgh, Tennessee. And they were moving the games around. We saw about the Steelers and the Ravens moving with buys. I said, okay, they can do that if this only happens like once or twice, right? Because you lose the wiggle room of all these buys if it becomes an issue. And now when it's happening again, I know they're keeping it as part of week four. But I wonder, Kev, do you think they should be proactive and get ahead of it and maybe just start to organize week
2: 18? Because it may be needed. It it just this is where this is all going to get really, really difficult is what happens with the Tennessee Titans next week. Yeah. Right. I mean, we got to the point last week where I was like, listen, this whole week is shot like this has nothing to do with like we need to figure out what is going to happen for them when they're supposed to play the Buffalo Bills. And I would say pretty obviously at this point, even if they were to be able to play Buffalo, they're going to be compromised in terms of who's oh, available absolutely. for them, their practice time. Like it, It's going to be a rough sledding. Yeah. You would think for the Titans, though the Cardinals and the Marlins both made the playoffs in the National League, so mm-hmm. who really knows? But that's where I, I don't think there's a definitive answer on Week 18, right. but certainly this league should be discussing any and all options on the board. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Right. Like the primary concern is obviously everyone's safety. Right. And being able to actually keep people safe, understand and not put others at risk because they're traveling or what have you. Then you got to think about the competitive balance also. Right. Tennessee for Buffalo next week. The Patriots in a huge AFC game without their starting quarterback. Tons to discuss. and we'll Do it when we come back Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the grid, giving you the edge, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, we start today looking at these games because there were some big-time upsets and surprises. I think some teams planted the flag. Some teams bounced back. And one of the teams that bounced back, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is as we wake up, the leaders of the NFC East, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles, after a 25-20 victory over San Francisco on Sunday night football. And it was interesting to me because one of the things you can say is San Francisco gets Debo Samuel back, and he was effective. Get George Kittle back, who goes for 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Carson Wentz still a little careless with the ball, still trying to make plays, still running for his life, but they get the job done 25-20. Nick Mullins actually gets benched towards the end of this game for C.J. Bethard. Um, what about Philly looked different to you, if anything, in this one, as they get their first win of the
2: season, Kev? So it was two things. The defense was finally able to make some plays. And, okay. I mean, they picked Nick Mullins. And it's one of those things you're like, yeah, obviously, if you watch them, you're like, oh. but it was the first interception they had all year. Week four, like, I mean, quarterbacks are giving out picks it feels like left and right these days, right? Certainly felt like the Eagles quarterback was. First interception. There was also some fumbles. Like, the the defense made splash plays, okay? And I can't, if people are like, ah, they played Nick Mullins. Well, Nick Mullins last week threw for 350 and put up 34, right? And you can say the Giants defense, but, like, we'll talk about it. The Giants defense did a nice job against the Rams. So, I think the defense clearly had their best game. And then Carson Wentz, it felt like, Last year's closing stretch, Carson Wentz. Even the interception was a tip ball. Great play. Almost hit the ground. The guy makes it. But he's doing everything that he can with the legs. Another rushing touchdown. Yeah, three straight is. games with a rushing touchdown. He's throwing dimes to Travis Fulham with sure. all due respect to my friend. In Richard Rogers and stuff. Sure. Who? <laughs> Who? Sure. Right? I mean, Fulham after the game said, oh, I totally lost the ball in the air. But it was so well thrown, I still was able to figure out where it was. I mean, just dropping dimes to guys nobody's ever heard of, right? Unless you are an old Dominion diehard fan. And the run game wasn't even super effective. Like, Miles Sanders, 13 for 46 is nice, but it's not great. Far from great. Like, this is the type of performance why... As I came on here week to week, and you could tell, defeated spirit because the games were Mm -hmm. ugly. We're tying the Bengals. We're blowing 17-point leads to Washington. But the one thing I remained passionate about was this notion that someone else should be starting at quarterback for this team. He is a franchise quarterback. He's been a franchise quarterback for this team since he's shown up. This team doesn't win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. He had an MV type of se- MVP type of season that year, One on an MVP stretch last year. So when we talk about the NFC East, and I have to listen to how the Cowboys are going to win it by default, and Jalen Hurts might need to start getting reps, that's nonsense, and it was proved to be nonsense just like that.
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, Jalen Hurts is still going to be on the field in some kind of package, sure. and Stop we saw that pal. a bunch Yesterday, which I don't know if it's the best thing for them to do if Carson Wentz is moving in and making plays and extended plays like that. You talk about the dime of the touchdown throw. They then put it on the split screen, right? And you saw that Wentz lets go of the ball, you know, when Fulgham has hmm. no idea what's going on. You see him literally trying to pick it up in the air when it is, you know, in the same way Russell Wilson gets air under it. Aaron Rodgers gets air under it. That was that kind of throw. And like we said, the Philadelphia Eagles at one, two, and one are the leaders. The value of a tie. They are the leaders in the NFC East above the one and three Dallas Cowboys who lost yesterday at home to Cleveland. And this, I can't believe I was like, this is the game in the fifties that if any of them, I would take under. Well, I was wrong. And the Browns get this one done 49 to 38, a lot of production in this one. But this is what I got to ask you. I really... Kev, you know how we've had this conversation with, like, the Chiefs and maybe Hilaire will do it sometimes if the defense allows. We have a conversation with the Tennessee Titans, right, like Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Well, Dak Prescott, 502 yards passing, four touchdowns. He has been doing it this way, right? So my question then becomes, and I remember saying this to you literally like the day after the draft, Kevin, right, right? If you are going to have Zeke Elliott have 12 carries for 54 Mm -hmm. yards, right? And, like, that's what he does. At one point this season, Kevin, I remember it well, you called Ezekiel Elliott an inevitability, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the case, Kev, because it looks like this is now Dak Prescott and a pass-happy-go-lucky offense. And if that's the case, why'd they pay Zeke all this money if the run game is not going to be a piece of this offense?
2: Well, no, see, first, was Zeke's still inevitable in terms of fantasy production. Okay. Because he had 8 for okay. 71 in the air, right? Secondly, sure. this isn't the goal. But these garbage, <laughs> they're so terrible. They're terrible. They got 31 at half to the Cleveland Browns, who have been a laughing stock for decades in this league. Decades. Okay? This isn't the goal. They just can't help but get down. They're down 17 at half. They don't want him throwing 58 times a game. They'd love to hand right. the ball to Zeke. But they can't get out of their own way. They keep turning the ball over in the first half. Their defense is bleeding points. And this is what happens. So this isn't an issue of, oh, we want. So so like Zeke gets game scripted out because the Cowboys defense is so bad. Okay. Yes. That's what's happening right now. And here's the thing about this, okay? Because at some point we're going to have to have a conversation about the Dallas Cowboys and how they're positioned in the futures market, right? This shouldn't be surprising. As we spent all offseason of people buying Dallas, this team a legitimate Super Bowl contender is what I was told, okay? This is a team that sunk resources into an offense that finished top three right. in DVOA while right. letting the defense and we talked about get worst. Believe it or not, yes. this a surprise to Chris Collinsworth, Alden Smith, not enough to win DPOY. Losing your top corner actually hurts. So when they keep getting down big, this team should count their lucky stars that they are not 0-4. I mean, seriously. Kev, like, I know. This is an, I agree this with is a you, Kevin. thing.
1: Remember when we were doing draft prep, right? Remember that? Yes. And remember when they ultimately took CeeDee Lamb? And I came on this air the next day and I said, whoa, that's a luxury pick. What are they doing? Giving Dak another toy when they need to we wanted them to draft aj terrell remember we wanted them to draft the cornerback with whatever mm-hmm. it was, what was it like 16 17 overall they went and got the wide out and sure Dak is throwing for four five hundred yards Sure. That's nice. Maybe it's going to get Dak $37 million a year. I don't know. But you also have Ezekiel Elliott. And I remember telling you then, right, then how are they going to make it work and actually leverage and utilize all of this in a way that was cost effective for the damn team because they paid Ezekiel Elliott? I'm with you. If they can't stop anybody, they are rendering their all pro back pretty much obsolete. But I do want to talk about the Cleveland Browns side, Kevin, as well. because listen, the Browns are three and one. Okay. And the only time they lost was when the Baltimore Ravens boat raced them. And as I said, they were not able to get into their offense. I think we are seeing the identity of the Cleveland Browns, Kev. They want to run the ball, and then they want their plays and play action and Odell Beckham to kind of be the ancillary, like, second wave of what they do. But their bread and butter is running the ball, Kev. And that is why. There was an injury to Nick Chubb. He left the game with an ankle and did not return, and that is huge because it seems like the Browns are starting to get in the flow the way they want to.
2: Well, here's the thing, and and the Chubb injury is unfortunate. It doesn't look like it'll be season-ending. Kareem Hunt will step up. He'll put up RB1 production, and they should be able to still keep that kind of side of the ball just fine. But I think one of the important things to point out here was the Browns came out Desperate. Dallas keeps getting desperate Mm. in the middle of these games. Cleveland comes out. Yeah, how's an end around Jarvis Landry dime to Odell Beckham? Who embarrassed (laughs) this team for four quarters, right? They ran for 307 yards on this team. Like Nick Chubb was going to have a buck 20 on the ground. No problem against this team. Like Cleveland, we were like, ah, is it real? I don't know. They're playing the Bengals. They're playing Washington. On the road, on the road, as dogs, 49 points. 49 points. Yep. Browns team.
1: Is 30 good. points, three games in a row for them, and they are running the ball. This looks like a Kevin Stefanski identity to me. We'll talk about more games when we come back right here as a busy week four on the early line Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh giving you the edge. We also welcome you back. If all of our radio listeners from across the country, thanks for waking up early with us, including, of course, the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. Kev, the next game I want to talk to you about is the Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears in an odd-scored game, right? Box pools would have loved this one if this turned out to be a Super Bowl total. 19-11, the Colts win. They go to 3-1 knocking the Bears and giving them their first loss of the season. There's so many places I can go, and there's a part of me that after your obvious, you know, where you wanted the Bears quarterback situation to go, there's an obvious Mm -hmm. way I could go, but I'm not. But I'm not, Kev. I want to ask you instead about the Colts defense, okay? okay? This is now the Colts defense that is number one in the NFL. Last week when they shut down the Jets and had two pick sixes, we were like, eh, Whatever, it's the Jets. The week before that, when they let, I think it was Kirk Cousins, only had Mm -hmm. like 11 points. We were like, nah, but maybe it's the Minnesota Vikings issue, right? Now they see a Bears team that was undefeated. Everyone thought they'd be better on offense because of the switch to Nick Foles, and they wind up putting up 11 points on this Colts defense. A Colts defense that brought in Buckner in the offseason, that really loves Leonard as an ascending middle linebacker. Kev, mm-hmm. is this team now, you know, able to do it on both sides of the ball? We look for teams, Kev, right, that have all the elements, that can win in a lot of different
2: ways, right? Are the Colts among them? They're now 3-1 leading their division. Excellent question. And we, by the way, should talk about the Bears quarterback situation. Here's the thing. Sure, but I do think the Colts headline up. is this Colts defense. So yeah. I agree. I agree. And here's the thing with this Colts team. Now, next week, they travel to Cleveland. Already my favorite game of week five, and I don't even know the rest of the week five games. But that's a fun matchup between two three and one AFC teams. Here's the thing with the Colts, right? You said it. Can they win in almost every facet imaginable? I don't know. It was really, I don't know if it just was one of those things because they were standing next to the Bears, but boy, did this have. 12-4, 12-4, and four, best defense in football, but Mitch Trubisky's my quarterback from two years ago, Chicago Bears vibes. Phillip Rivers doesn't have over one touchdown thrown in any of his games to this point in the season. They're just kicking field goals. They're not executing right. in the red zone. They're just begging him. You know what? how you, you felt about Brady coming into the year? Hey, Tom, just don't be Jameis and we'll be fine. Right? Right. right. Phillip Rivers is that like, times a zillion. They're like, listen, you, like, hopefully you never but throw the Phillip ball. Rivers, but he's Phillip Rivers, though. He, but he's Philip Rivers. He is <laughs> Philip Rivers. But th- that's the problem. Is what There was one game yep. where they were like, okay, listen, hopefully Rivers can pull us out of this. And they mm-hmm. lost to the Jaguars. So I don't – ultimately, I do think there's a world where this is a top five defense in football because okay. this is what the Pats did last year. The Pats kept destroying sure. – bad offenses and we'd be like, ah, but it's the dolphins, ah, it's the Jets. And then got to the point where we're like, all right, wow, that defense is excellent, right? So I don't I don't need to sit here and foolishly expect this Colts defense to get torn apart. No, it's a good defense. but I don't trust the other side of the ball the way others might. and that's why in the grand scheme of things, I will sell rather than buy the Colts. Yeah,
1: um, I hear you. I don't disagree with you. The one game they lost, remember, week one with Jacksonville, that was a higher-scoring game, okay? And what I see also with the Phillip Rivers-led Colts offense, and I've made this point before to you, they're not asking him to do too much. He's not slinging it. It's not like T.Y. Hilton is this team's, you know, dominant pass catcher. They're throwing the ball to the backs, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. They're throwing the ball to the tight ends, whether it be Mo Ali Cox or the returning Trey Burton. Right? They are not. Mm-hmm. They are asking him to, in essence, game manage because they think they've got a great run game. That's why they drafted Jonathan Taylor to make that committee. They think they got a great defense, and this formula for the Colts is to do what they did yesterday. Okay, no. to outlast you and their punch you in the mouth is better than you punching them in the mouth. That's the way Indy wants to win this game. And like you said, with Cleveland on the horizon, a team that I believe is getting their, uh, you know, flow in the run game it's going to be a very interesting matchup of three and one teams let's talk about those bears under mm-hmm. nick Foles. though he in fact goes 26 of 42 249 yards a touchdown and a pick what i want to ask you is similar to what we're talking about here with philip rivers do the bears want nick Foles throwing the ball 42 times
2: Oh no! I mean that—that's not what they want. But they found—I mean—they were down nineteen to three. Like this, sure. The, the, the box score got saved by a garbage time possession in which they were able to find the end yeah. zone. But right, Alan Robinson makes a great catch, by the way. But that's another yeah, story absolutely. for another day. Absolutely, right now. Now here—here's the thing. Uh, I heard someone describe this as a game where the book is giving you a winner, and boy, did that connect right away for me because we spent all week. Even eventually, I pulled you in. I'm like, dang, this you did. doesn't
1: make sense. I was cursing and were you, you, bro, and you because were like, this is the difference for me winning some money that I flipped on this one. But I digress.
2: Well, listen, but at the end, of, and to be honest with you, had you, had you called me Sunday, 4 o'clock, you're like, Ken, like, it's the Bears? <laughs> I'd be like, no. The, because the, the line, instead of going from two and a half, ultimately went to three and a half for the Colts. People were believing in this Colts team, scary spot. Here's the thing, though. That's a costly loss for the Bears. I'm just going to echo everything that you were saying last Monday, okay? Because now they play the Bucs next on Thursday night football, okay? Then you play the Panthers. That's a spot that becomes a must-win as you go at Rams, home versus Saints, and at Titans the following three weeks after that game. And here's the reality. That was a benchable performance if you think that your backup quarterback can come in and possibly give you a boost now i have no idea what this team thinks of mitch trubisky anymore i don't know if matt nagy was literally dying to bench mitch because maybe he was and Foles had a good drive that saved the day and they're gonna play on thursday night football the bucks they've been playing some odd games i'm excited about that one but the bears really might put themselves in an awful spot where every two weeks we're rotating quarterbacks that's how a season falls apart. That's how, at three and zero, you blow it and miss the playoffs. And the scary thing is, and this is why I am an unbiased journalist here. I don't blame them if Foles ends up getting hooked at some point during the year. That was a terrible performance. I think Trubisky's awful, but at the end of the day, he has enough of a pedigree to where you can understand how that happens. That they go back to him. So. Yeah. I don't want to overreact, but without that garbage time touchdown, this is a 19-3 final, and everybody is saying exactly what I'm saying right, right now. That's a scary performance for this Bears team. Well, you're right.
1: But now we could also step back and it was a scary performance, apparently against the number one defense in the NFL. So maybe there is a built in excuse. But you're right, Kev, the schedule doesn't get any easier for the Bears and the Packers who play tonight could get to four and oh, and you know, kind of sometimes the uh, objects in the rearview mirror are actually further. Then they appear as you know, I'm holding the under eight wins still for the Chicago Bears, and I don't feel horrible about it because the schedule does get tougher for the Bears. You mentioned at one point in this last game, the idea of a must win. Was this a must-win for the New Orleans Saints, Kev? Mm -hmm. That's my question for you because they did get the win 35-29 against the Detroit Lions where the Saints give up the first 14 points of the game. They give up the last 15 points of the game, but they score the 35 in between. And finally, we see Emmanuel Sanders. We see Traquan Smith. It was like without Michael Thomas, all they could do is dump it down to Alvin Kamara, but Traquan Smith gets two touchdowns. Manny Sanders is found for six for 93. And, you know, Drew Brees does what he needs to do. We talk about his, what Brees has left, but the Saints are putting up 35
2: points. So we'll do the same side of this. The Saints are fine. Like I laughed as he threw the, the second touchdown on Traquan Smith. Like, all he needed to get right was to see the Detroit Lions. Alvin Kamara, by the way, like, you want to talk about inevitable? Like, if you watch that mm. game, it felt like he had a bad yeah. game, and he still gave you yeah. 20. Like, he, like his floor right now feels like 20, and it's horrifying. Yeah. Like, he's he looks like the best back in football, and I don't even care who's second. You can go debate about that on the other side of the playground because over here... Aaron Jones, book maybe? Out. Aaron yeah, Jones tonight may have something to do with it, but we'll see. Yeah, we shall see, okay? Now, ultimately, the Saints got right. But here's the thing, Dane. They're down 14-0. It was spooky hours here for the, the New Orleans Saints. It was. And then they ripped off 35 unanswered. And what's absolutely insane is this is not the first time the Lions had a double-digit lead and then allowed their opponent to rip off 30-plus unanswered. And at the end of this game, the clip's going viral, rightfully so. Matt Patricia's like, listen, we need time. We had a lot of work to do when we got in here. We're trying to build this thing back up despite the fact that he stepped in for Jim Caldwell, who was coming off of a nine-win season, and right now, in three years, this dude's got 10 wins. Get Matt Patricia out of here. He's garbage. Someone please put Jim Caldwell back in the league because he's actually a good head coach and deserves to be Mm -hmm. actually getting chances, unlike Matt Patricia, who's somehow still sticking around. Every week, Adam Gase, Dan Quinn, Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia. This team has double-digit leads. Dane, they're losing at half, at half, in both of those games against the Saints and the Packers. What
0: a disgrace from the Detroit Lions.
1: Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on sports grade. Dane and Kevin going through what happened in week four. And then we got two games to still talk about in week four as well. But I want to get into this one, which was very interesting to me, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Los Angeles Chargers. This was one of those home dogs to me, Kev. I was like, oh, going in there west to east. And depending on where you got the point spread in this game, it came home the backdoor kind of cover what an offensive show yeah. we've talked about these overs 38 31 they continue to make the point that when tom brady started in the nfl justin herbert was like two years old but i don't care kev because the kid belongs in my opinion another decent outing 20 of 25 80 completion rate 290 yards three touchdowns and you know he continues to use his legs again however Again, we talk about Justin Herbert as belonging, but he's 0-3 as a starter.
2: Well, that's the thing is, you know, you look for signs. And at the day, like, who's he lost to? The Kansas City Chiefs? Okay, I don't care about that. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers. That was a bad loss, though, for that team. But to be fair, you and I both right here on this show said we'd like the Panthers, right? So that's why, you know, and and that's what happens when the expectations – you kind of don't start, like, I'm sure there's people out there who have cursed Justin Herbert because they were throwing chargers and money line parlays and teasers right. and got crushed in that game. So I, I think Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert looked good, Dane. Right? Like, I mean, they did score 31 yeah, points as a team. Now, there was a pick six in there. And I, I'll tell you, I just want to say this because I'm, I'm annoyed, and I don't know if there are others out there who had this Keenan Allen uh, over yards prop, but this is a number that we should be going back to, Okay not just because we lost it by the hook, but you had yeah. three scoring drives for the Chargers of one play. Pick six, 72-yard to Guyton, and then a 53-yarder to Johnson. The fact that he right. was still right there, okay? In a, And by the way, in a game script where they were kind of up, like, go back to these Keenan Allen props, unless there is a monster adjustment, then you evaluate circumstantially, okay? I will say this. This is a game that... The Chargers lost to me on one play. Forty-seven seconds left. Scores twenty-four to seven. Just trying to run it out and get into half. Balls on the five and they fumble. They fumble the handoff and they bucks yeah. win and they get points right before the Kelly. Half. And that's the game. You can't do that against a team like Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because at the end of the day, Dane, Tom Brady, ever since the mm-hmm. disaster against the Saints, and oh, it's over, he's washed, this team's done. Five touchdowns, three hundred and sixty-nine yeah. passing yards. No Chris Godwin lost Mike Evans for a bit. Gronk is not Gronk. OJ Howard left this game, which is really unfortunate. No Fournette, yeah. right? We said no Godwin. It like this is a guy mm-hmm. that looks pretty good. If you ask me, I like this Bucks team. Yeah, guy. I like what I've seen in four weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, Brady with five touchdowns to five different receivers. Also, Fournette was down in this game, but Ronald Jones emerged with 20 carries, 111 yards. You talked about how Mike Evans got banged out, but he was very important when he came back. Seven catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown in this one. You mentioned, though, O.J. Howard left this game. They fear an Achilles injury that may end his season and then also on the Chargers side you're talking about Guyton you're talking about all these other guys that is potentially because early in this game Austin Eckler left with what they're calling part hamstring part knee it didn't look good Kev so that may be somewhere when when we talk about the waiver wire for week five we are looking to replace this offense could be different without Eckler this offense could be different if they make the pivot back to Terod and with Keenan Allen make sure you keep an eye on the quarterback because Keenan Allen has been heavily targeted under Justin Herbert. Even last week, I think he had 13 for one-something, was a big piece of the offense yesterday as well. But keep an eye on what the Chargers offense evolves into because of their availability. Um,
2: tough break, though, losing Austin Eckler, right? Yeah, no, I mean, not, not, and he looked good for this team, but this is this is, I think already, right. I mean, Dan, you were higher on the Chargers than I was. But I was. the way things have already kind of broke for this team, Darwin, Melvin missed this game, yeah. Harris was out, Tyrod's not even the quarterback. Yeah. And this is a year that's entirely about figuring out what you have in Justin Herbert.
1: I, I buy that. And to be honest, if that is the kind of test now of this team, Herbert is passing so far. Right? You know, we do see the flashes. He does look like he belongs. We will see what the Chargers look like as they continue to move along. Another game I want to ask you about, right. though, Kev, was a battle of 0 3 teams. Okay? And it's the Minnesota Vikings who get their first win of the season. They defeat the Houston Texans 31 to 23. And I remember telling you, Kev, that for me, what this came to, everybody wanted to talk about the level of the competition that the houston texans were facing and yes they saw the chiefs they saw the ravens they saw the steelers and we were wondering would it change you know what will not change this houston texans team cannot stop the run your boy ceh <laughs> went off on them week one the baltimore ravens ran for like 250 as a team against them in week two james connor yeah. put up over 110 and a touchdown against them in week three and what do you know dalvin cook 27 carries 130 yards and two touchdowns if this houston texans team cannot stop the run i don't care if they have superman under center it ain't gonna matter that is what I. I think is the critical Achilles heel for this Texans
2: team I agree they are disastrous against the run and it allows their opponent to pretty much always be in it because you can move the football consistently Kirk Cousins has an interesting game right now he's entirely leaning on two guys I love it by the way the Justin Jefferson touchdown dance that's a Super Bowl winning <laughs> dance. Like, don't let this team get hot, because I'll buy the Vikings right away based off a of, uh, touchdown dance. I promise you I will. Like, I promise you I am not against being a fool and buying this team to beat the Seahawks outright solely based on a <laughs> touchdown dance. But that's dangerous waters. Here's the thing with that the Texans. That is Texas. dangerous waters. <laughs> it is. Here's the thing with the Texans. Dan, if I were to tell you they bought him out and they draft Penny Swelly, would you feel okay about that? And they come back. It's Watson. Would you feel all right if that were the end result for this team? If I feel here's the thing though, if that here's was the thing. end result, honestly, don't worry about that too much. They don't have a okay. first round pick. The Miami Dolphins. Oh well, pick. how about that? Good old Bill is O'Brien. A disaster. This is a disaster. Like biggest takeaway of the week outside of the fact that the one-two-and-one Eagles on Sunday Night Football went to first place. Okay, yeah. legitimately. The Houston Texans are about to have the disaster season in this league, okay? Lost to the Chiefs, no shame in that. The Ravens, it's tough. Their defense is rolling. The Steelers in pit, what are we supposed to do? The Minnesota Vikings couldn't get out of their own way until they walked into walked into Houston to play this Texans team. Yep. Watson does not look excellent, albeit I don't know if Bill Bryan is, I mean, they, they said he's oh now going to have a heavier hand in the play calling. This team look, they Kev, only look comfortable. Having DeAndre up Hopkins up. on the outside helps you look good. One hundred, I mean, of course it does. He's obviously excellent. But what happened to Brandon Cooks? Right, zero. I mean, there were so many different things that were supposed Goose. to happen for this team, and I really though like them having an awful run defense. I'm just having a bad defense in general. Okay. But if you would have told me Minnesota scored 31, I wouldn't have told you the Texans can't win that game. And by the way, Watson almost went down. The touchdown was called It ended up getting overturned. Okay. This is about to be a disaster. Like they play the Jags next week and I'm not sure, man. And I don't know what you do. Like, You paid. You take the James Robinson rushing plus receiving prop bet. that's what you do. We will be fine. I mean, (laughs) like I don't know what the Texans are going to do because the guy calling the shots upstairs and on the sideline has made. We said this coming into the year: is it all coming home to roost? Are all of these mistakes about to catch up to him in a big way? And it seems like the answer is yes. I hear you. I agree with you. I think this is a problem, but I
1: just highlight the run defense because people look at all the shiny toys and someone's going to be like, oh, Brandon Cooks didn't get anything. Their Achilles heel, they can't stop the run. All of it, all the rest of it is irrelevant, Kev. I honestly. honestly believe that because who are you going to beat if the other team comes in knowing that they can just run on you? And again, we talk about this all the time. Football is a game where teams pose different questions for you to see if you can answer them, right? And if you can never answer the basic question of stopping the run, then other teams Mm -hmm. will not have to go to anything else on you. And that then puts, like you know, Deshaun Watson in a bad spot and all that, and it's going to be a problem. I agree with you for these Houston Texans. Let's keep it moving, though. Another game out here that I thought was interesting. Listen, if Tennessee-Pittsburgh got – smacked off of Sunday. If Casey new England got smacked off of Sunday, the marquee game in the AFC were the Buffalo bills and the Las Vegas Raiders, this was a three and O team going into the house of a two and one team to see what happened. And, We got to consider Josh Allen and these Buffalo Bills as legit. They are now 4-0. Josh Allen, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Devin Singletary, again, having a legit threat in the run game. But here's what I got to ask you. Yeah, Josh Allen is, you know, taking a step forward. This is going to seem weird to you. I thought there was a return in Buffalo that was big yesterday, Kev. And it was the return of Josh Norman hmm. on the Buffalo Bills defense. He makes a play. He has some attitude, right? And if you put him on one side and Tredavious White on the other, this Bills defense is going to be able to contain most and allow Josh Allen to make plays down the field to Stefan Diggs. You know, I mean,
2: do they have all the elements, Kevin? So that's what, I'm still waiting to see. And maybe mm-hmm. Josh Norman coming back is the answer. But quietly, this defense is not what was promised. It's not. Okay. Okay? Now, What about in the, key spots? They, they make key plays, though. But that's the Kansas City Chiefs, right? The Chiefs, okay. hey, just make the stops that we need. I got Pat Mahomes. And I'm sorry, Bills fans, but I'm not comfortable yet and you shouldn't be either, with the idea that Josh Allen is just going to be MVP. Maybe he is. And so far, four weeks into the year, he belongs in any top five conversation for that award. 100%. He's been great. Boy, does any fan base that needs wide receiver help have to watch this Stefan Diggs performance and feel sick because he looks outrageously good, Yeah. Beasley gets it done, John. Brown's still a Josh? weapon. Singletary out of the back. Like, this is a good team. This is a good team. But if this yes. defense goes from one of the five best in football to, hey, can you make timely plays? I'm not in. I'm not in. I, I th- That's not a world that I'm comfortable with because I still saw plays yesterday. Josh Allen, they needed to kick a field goal to what would have been iced the game. And on third and 10, he took a yeah. 12-yard yeah. sack and knocked him out. What is going on, dude? Like, and we saw him. He at one time also tried to, like, like, shovel past it like a double
1: play flip and injured almost his other arm doing it. I've told you this about Josh Allen. I've said this multiple weeks to you now, Kev, right? Like, he's going to make some plays. But I've said mm-hmm. this to you. I said it just like the Toronto Raptors in the NBA playoffs. At some point you need the closer. Remember? I said yeah. at some point this reckless play is going to come home to roost. It did in the playoffs against the Texans and maybe not against the Raiders, but against the
2: Ravens, the Chiefs, the Titans, these kind of teams, you can't get away with that. No, what and, and and that so as they continue to climb power ratings and the next right. two weeks they're going to play the Titans. I don't know what happens there and then it's a Thursday nighter against the Chiefs. I, he's got everyone's in, everyone's in. I don't know, man. I I don't know for, for me, I need to see this defense look much better.
1: Yeah. The big mistake is still live, but they are four and oh. So we tip our cap for that more of the early line when we come back.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: College football
2: today. Thanks for joining us. SEC football is upon us. We're getting more games, bigger slates, more fun for everybody, yes?
1: The SEC this week, the Big Ten in about a month, you know, because they are a Power 5 conference and they will play their share of games, God willing, uh, they will be eligible then for the college football playoffs, and I think that's what it's all about, that big money. Hey, welcome back here, everybody, right to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid On Monday, we need to look back at all the football games, and there was a ton in Week 4, but... We also had NBA Finals game three that we want to touch on right here at the end of hour number one. And Kev, with all the heat injuries, I kind of thought that this was just going to snowball on the Heat, but that's not what happened. Miami Heat mm-hmm. get game three, 115 to 115-104, and Jimmy Butler was the man. Like, he is just, like, not going to let it happen. 40 points, 13-11, and 11, a triple-double for him, keeping the Heat alive in this series. I mean, the Lakers are still up 2-1, but what an effort out of Jimmy Butler.
2: Jimmy Butler just put forward one of the best finals performances in the history of the NBA Finals. It's not an overstatement one bit. There's only been three 40-point triple-doubles in the history of the NBA Finals. Him, LeBron, Jerry West. LeBron and Jerry West lost the game that they had (laughs) 40-point triple-doubles. Jimmy Butler played 45 minutes and was a plus 20 against the heavily favored Lakers team without the second and third best players on this team. That is, I mean, mean, that is Cleveland-LeBron stuff. He became the first player in every single time LeBron's ever been in the Finals for someone to outscore rebound and assist in the same game, LeBron James. That is as good of a performance as we've ever seen in a single-game NBA Finals performance. From the Lakers so, side of this, though, because a lot of people are going to say, is it time to panic? Is it time to worry? We have to find out what's going to happen with Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. There's some expectation that at least Bam Adebayo okay. will be back. Mm. They need that to be the case. Because the Lakers very easily could have won this game. They were right there. They were on the cusp. They held a fourth-quarter lead. And it is not a slight to tell you that Jimmy Butler will never play a game that good in his career. He's a superstar, top-ten player in this league. But if if that's one of the best performances we've ever seen, right. it's outrageous to think he's going to be able to replicate that performance. We now wait yeah. to find out the health status of Adebayo and Goran Dragic.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the way I was going to ask you, right, Kev? Like, is this a one-off? amazing performance or did they figure anything out about the way to potentially play this version of the heat, uh, this version of the Lakers when they are kind of uh, compromised, right? Is it they go extreme, Mm -hmm. small ball, that sort of thing tomorrow. When we get into kind of game four, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but we wanted to tip our cap to Jimmy Butler for an amazing performance in game three, keeping the heat alive. Although the Lakers do still lead the NBA finals two to one. We got more football when we come back. Hour number two, the early line